everyone. This is Charmaine Marie, the Real Love Coach. Today, we are going to talk to the founders and owners of the Rib Shack in Omaha, Nebraska, Malcolm and Jackie Robbins. Hello, Malcolm and Jackie. Hey, hey how, you how you doing? Good. How are you guys doing? Excellent. Great. So let's get right into it. How long have you guys been restaurant owners? We've been restaurant owners for over 15 plus years. Wow. 15 plus years. Okay. A restaurant is a big deal and it looks like a whole lot of work to me. What made you guys want to start a restaurant? I answered that one. Well, I always wanted a restaurant, always. My first restaurant was back in 94. That was before the rib shack. And then this one came about, I thought about opening up a restaurant. I was going to actually do a shrimp shack, another one with my brother. And this, this rib shack idea, Mr. Jerry Brown, he sat down and talked to me and coached me through the whole process and got me going. And did he have a restaurant too? Or you oh, had yeah, to? Mr. He was a legend in Mr. St. Louis. Yes, Mr. Jerry uh-huh. Brown had more black owned restaurants than anybody in St. Louis history. Oh, wow. He took a liking to me and I always honored him from where you come from. Okay. Yeah, yeah he like 30 plus restaurants and nightclubs and just a lot of great things. And all his kids worked in there and all of them are very successful. Now they either got a restaurant or- Or they got a bunch of property, whatever they got. Okay. Well, that's nice. So the Rib Shack is very popular. I hear a lot of great things about it from the city. The first time I came to the Rib Shack was when you guys were in St. Louis and you guys made me a tiny sampler plate. So I tried everything on the menu and everything was great. So (laughs) what can you tell us about the Rib Shack? The Rib Shack, we put a lot of love in the food. It's good food, not fast food. We put a lot of time and effort into the food and we so confident in the food. We let you try it before you buy it. We let you try and sample the food just for you to taste it if you're a new customer. Okay, so do you guys plan on branching out with the Rib Shack or what are your future plans? We really got a passion to raise up other business owners, leaders, and so hopefully we can do it as well. Really got back into the business after having two locations in St. Louis and we closed after Malcolm had a severe brain bleed, we got back into the business for a family. If they ever need a job or they want to learn the business, they can learn it. Hopefully somebody will take the knowledge we got and learn to keep going. Okay. I do have a question because you said raise up business owners. When you say that, what do you mean? You know, a lot of people be really skeptical about teaching people, different things like that. But we kind of look opposite. We want to raise business owners up that they if they want to have their own rib shack, they can have. They can start from ground level and they want to branch out and get their own restaurant, they can. We will help them. That's our next mission. I like that because like you said, a lot of people don't want to help people. They're so busy helping themselves. So I like that you're doing that. You want to help other people to be successful. That's something everybody's not doing. So that's amazing. I love it. Can you tell me on your menu, what is your bestseller? The ribs, of course. The ribs and the brisket. Everybody likes everything. The ribs, the brisket, the mac and cheese, the collard greens, the summer chili baked beans, the yams, the spaghetti. (laughs) If you had to pick one, I would say ribs is our number one item. All right, so Jackie, you brought up the brain bleed that Malcolm had. So I would like to go that route now because it's very significant. You were on the list for a heart for a while and you were blessed with a new heart, thank God. Can you tell us a little about your heart journey, please? 
my heart journey, man, is I've been truly blessed. I really wasn't a, I wasn't a church guy the majority of my life, but through this process, I have learned a lot of different things. I guess so I was down there in St. Louis. I had a brain bleed. October 3rd of 2016 is when I had brain bleed. And that changed my life forever. I was in a coma about 30 days. Woke up from that, had a bunch of vertigo. Vertigo, I don't know if you know what vertigo is. I had peripheral vertigo. That's the worst kind of vertigo you can possibly have. You can Google that. Worst case I had. Can't really see nothing. Everything's upside down. Everything's spinning around. Oh, wow. And then uh, I had that for two years. I had that for the whole 17. Got out of rehab in January 4th of 18. And during that process, my life insurance people came into the hospital. And when they came into the hospital, you know, I'm in there by myself and they're just telling me, hey, Malcolm, life insurance guy, he's talking to me. He's telling me, Malcolm, with the amount of insurance that you have right now, we cannot cover you. This is the worst thing I ever done. You know, he asked me to sign a piece of paper because he said they can't cover me no more. So I signed a piece of paper for the man to leave. And this is what I want people to realize. If anybody comes in a hospital and they ask you to sign anything, definitely do not sign nothing. At that time, I was upset. I didn't wait for my wife. I didn't wait for my family member. I didn't wait for no one. I just signed the paper, let them leave. Actually, me signing those papers, I gave away millions of dollars because that's that type of life insurance I had at that time. I had it set up through an annuity to where they couldn't locate me and they couldn't find me. So that's why they came to the hospital. They've been trying to locate me. But anyway, that, that solved that problem. So once I tell my wife the situation, I tell her, you know, because I got tired of hearing my wife and my youngest daughter going back and forth of coming to the hospital to see me, going to the store or going to cheerleading practice. I didn't want them debating like that no more. So I told her, Jackie, she right here next to me, I told her, the best thing you can do is take all my little stuff that I got out there in, in the world and go after your new life because I thought I was going to die. And every doctor that came in the hospital told me I was going to die, told me to prepare myself to die. Ooh. They all tell me this with tears in their eyes. They can't tell me. You know, that's in November of the, of 17, they told me this. Anyway, I made it all the way to January. When I got to the hospital, Jackie was still there. Well, she always was around, but she didn't leave me yet. When I came home, and got home to be with her and all that. She still wanted to be with me, but in my mind, I had it all made up that I was going after me a new heart. And actually the man gave a letter to my wife that he is not going to give me a heart transplant in St. Louis, period. Dr. Ewald, he wrote the letter up. He gave it to my wife and to my niece, Kiana. She was there as witness. And when he did that, that changed everything about me. It, you know, that made me think. I got the plan on Facebook. I knew a lady out here in Omaha, Dewan Green, and she kept telling me, Malcolm, you wouldn't go through none of that stuff if you came to Omaha. I'm like, okay, I'm listening. I got on the phone. I got to comparing. I got to figure out where you get the heart transplants at. I contacted the people out of D.C. So I said, uh, ma'am, can you tell me where to get a heart transplant at? And she says, no, I can't tell you where to go. Only thing I can tell you is the average waiting time in each location. So that's some good information to have. I said, okay, go ahead and tell me the information. She said, sir, first thing you gotta do is pick the four locations you want out or as many locations that you wanna be able to go to, but I can just tell you about those locations and then you gotta call back and verify with those locations about your insurance and make sure you're covered and everything. So I said, okay. So I gave her the four people to pick from, I gave her Mayo Clinic, I gave her where I was at in St. Louis, and I gave her Oklahoma City, that's where my auntie was at, and I had her compare all four of those, you know, in Omaha as well, and she told me two years in every location but Omaha. Mm -hmm. In Omaha location, it would be six months. So when it's six months, where would anybody go? So naturally, that's how I ended up coming to Omaha. But when I got to Omaha, the process took a little while to get on the list because I was off the list. And I finally got approved to get on the list. And it took a couple years for me to get a transplant. And that's how I got the heart transplant. 
Wow. So mm -hmm. let me just say this. When you first found out that you were going to need a heart, what went through your mind? Like I, was gonna, I thought I was going to die. I thought it was all over. I started drinking. I started doing all kinds of stuff that don't make no sense of any man to do. I did a lot of wrong things to my wife. I was out of control. And I thought I was going to die. With the doctors constantly telling you this, they're really enforcing that thought in my brain. And in my brain, I'm thinking, if I die, my kids would be straight. My wife would be straight. But I had it all wrong. I didn't think things all the way through. I should have just relaxed and went mm -hmm. and prayed to God and got the right people around me. Everybody around me was pretty much prepared for me to die. You know what I mean? They thought I had enough money. I mean, it had stores, I had different things going on, but I didn't have nothing really. Just a bunch of gossip. Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. So, so let me ask you this. So how do you feel now? I feel right now dealing with all my children. I think all my children have been affected tremendously about my transplant and the process of me going through based on the way I dealt with things. They dealing with things differently. I had a son that get killed out drinking, doing some of the things that I was doing. You know, he imitating me, harassing people. I did all that crazy stuff. I mean, my youngest daughter, she's on, on the verge of committing suicide. And then I got my older daughter, she's dealing with different things. I mean, it's a lot of different things that I didn't think of when I called myself trying to do what I did. You know, I did some, some of the wrong things. So with with all those issues, how do you guys deal with them? What is one day at a time. One day at a time. We shouldn't pray. I'm in all kinds of touch groups and classes that teach me how to pray and teach me how to do with these things. I, I don't know how to deal with them other than pray. That's right. I don't know. You know, I don't know another way. They didn't brought me to, I mean, I really wasn't no church guy. I really wasn't focused on God like I should have been, but I am now. Yes. Because sometimes we have to go through something for God to get our attention. Yeah. He, he took me through something and he got my attention. That's for sure. Because he got rid of everybody else. I, I'm there down in that trailer right there on UMC Park lot and I stayed there and he got rid of everyone and I was there by myself. Mm. I was, my heart was down to 5% and that weekend that they gave me a transplant he told me on Monday I'll have to check into the hospital but they called him on Saturday and I got the heart transplant that Sunday morning and when I got the phone call I was on the phone with Jackie and I clicked over from her and I said uh I'm Jackie Smiley on the EM see what this is and I came back and I told her this is a heart they called me about a heart she started screaming and yelling and happy and doing her thing. And they came from Birmingham 14 hours later, right? Here, you, you can come talk. Yeah, we went to Birmingham. Yeah. I remember when you called. I remember Jackie was on her way. You waited on your heart like a champ because you were going through a lot. Mm -hmm. And people prayed for you. People believed with you. And people followed your story. Everybody was waiting for it to happen because mm -hmm. we believed that it was going to happen. Mm -hmm. And when you called to say that it was happening for real and you talked about it and you were online and you were walking because you were on your way to go get your heart. I'm telling you, it was like the world was jumping for joy. Everybody was watching. It was just like, oh my God, it's happening. It's amazing. I mean, you had a standing ovation all around the world. It was amazing and it happened. And it's like, look at you now even though things are still going on. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Things are still going on, that's for sure. Yeah. And it happened during the middle of a pandemic when the world was in yes. chaos. <laughs> yes. Yes, and it couldn't have happened at a better time. Now, now let me tell you something that, that most people don't know. When they called me for the heart transplant, Jackie wasn't here, but when she had drove here, before he put the heart in me, Dr. Um, he's a transplant doctor in, in Nebraska here, he called Jackie up personally, and he said, what did he say, what did he say to me? They was concerned about Malcolm's living arrangements because he couldn't go back into the RV because it wasn't safe.
safe enough for him to be going in there. I'm on the sanitation part. Sanitation and going there to get through recovery and having to go up the them steps. He needed the you know lower level area, so they were really concerned about that. And uh, to the point where he was making a decision on moving forward with the procedure on making sure that he had the living arrangements that was going to be sustainable for him to recover and be real good after getting the heart. So, so this is the part that Jackie gets up and I just give her respect for this part right here because at that time I ain't have no money or a dollar or none of that. I ain't have no money. I didn't have none really either because I was in the hospital. And she got up there and told that man, Dr. Um, he going he gonna have a place. How you gonna have a place when you ain't got no money? <laughs> you ain't got a dime in your pocket. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But yeah, she said, yeah, he gonna have a place. But you know what she did? Got him got one. I mean, got the place, you know, the place. you came out and seen a place. Mm -hmm. got the place. Yeah. So this, we got the place. They they furnished it. They did everything for us. They got us set up. We got, we ain't depend on nobody but God. You know what I mean? I got a lot of people that I should have been depending on, but I ain't had to need nobody but God. Mm -hmm. and I guess that's what I had to learn. It just depend on God. Yes, that's what you that's had what, to learn. God gonna provide. Yeah. Gonna provide. And that's how this store came about. Cause this store here, you know, other stores, I had a little bit of money and I made things happen. But this particular store here, this, this was all from God. This ain't, ain't nobody helped me do this for this store together. Ain't nobody came and said, hey, Malcolm, here go a couple thousand, get yourself together. Ain't nobody came and said nothing around here, man. This one right here, Jackie, made it happen. Got here and prayed and did whatever she did. I don't know what she did because I was in the hospital for a month. But when I came home, she had a place. Amen, because she was making things happen from behind the scenes. Yep, she did it. Making it happen. That's what's yep, up. She did that. I'm give her full credit for that because she did that. All right, well, amen to that. So about your heart journey, is there anything else that you would like to share? And when it comes to the heart journey, you got to really scream. At first, I was letting anybody come around me, but I learned that you you can't allow anyone to come around you and put negative thoughts in your head because if you, if you think you're going to die, you're going to die. It's, it's just that simple. You got to believe. You got to do things that they're telling you to do to get your heart, man. Okay. You got to do it. Feed off of none of the gossip, none of that. You can't do that. You got to stay focused. Amen to that, for real. So, you guys, I have a segment that's called Intimate Inspirations. It's intimate because we're trying to get up close and personal. Inspiration because we want to mentally stimulate people with the power to persevere. The question that I ask is, what is one piece of advice that you would give someone who just needs the strength to continue? I would say we all going through stuff and just got to keep going. You got to pray. You got to keep going and find whatever it is. You know, it might be like for me, like right now, after losing JR, the keep going is, it kind of sounds awkward talking about it to customers, but it's like a therapy. It's a release. Like it's so whatever that is, sharing your story or whatever, being around the, the right people, the environments to keep going, listening to certain podcast messages or whatever to keep going because we all are faced with so many different challenges and, and battles each day and even more now mentally sometimes it's hard to keep going but you gotta keep going yes thank you i totally agree with that i totally agree with that so Malcolm and Jackie, how can you guys be reached? You can reach us. Uh, of course, you can go to our website, ribshacksmokehouse.com, or they can reach us through ribshacksmoke, the letter N, house, smoking house at gmail.com. Uh, the, and then the store, if they want to call us directly to the store, 402-502-6695. Ribshack, Facebook, Instagram, all that. Ribshack, uh, smokehouse on Facebook and IG. And what's your address? 10841Q 
Tooth Street, Suite 105, Omaha, Nebraska, 68137. All right. Well, I thank you guys so much for coming on my show. Thank you for having us. Yes, you're very welcome. This was good. This was good. Thank you so much. And you guys, I hope that you have a blessed day on purpose. On purpose. Thank you. Thank you. Can't wait. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you check out Malcolm and Jackie Robbins at the Rib Chat at 10841 Q Street, Suite 105. Omaha, Nebraska, 68137. Also, you can email them at ribshacksmoke, the letter N, house at gmail.com. You can also go to their website at ribshacksmokehouse.com. If you need to give them a call, at their restaurant is 402-502-6695. Thank you, everybody. I hope that you have a great day on purpose.